Howdy folks and welcome to the Dirt Road Cowboys Christian Podcast. My name is Dean, also known as the Dirt Road Cowboy. And whether this is your first time listening or if you're a repeat listener, I want to thank you for following along and I hope you get something out of this. Last time we started talking about faith and forgiveness or forgiveness and faith. And I was kind of feeling a little bit under the weather, so I cut it short. Doing a little better this time. Thank you for your prayers and your consideration. So we'll get back into forgiveness. And we're going to talk a bit more about what the Bible says versus what man says. We've been kind of following along a demonically inspired new age type of forgiveness that is not found in the Bible. Remember, the Bible is supposed to be our guidebook for everything. God's not going to give us something that contradicts what the Bible says. If anyone's teaching you any differently, well, ignore them. Walk away, tune them out, whatever it is you need to do. I don't care if they're your pastor, your parents, your friends. If they're teaching something that goes against what the Word of God says, what the Scripture says, then... um, I don't know. I would stay away from it if I were you. So we're going to get into one of the most famous scriptures on forgiveness. Jesus hanging on the cross saying, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they're doing. Sounds like a pretty cut and dry thing, but what happened? Did God forgive those people? If he did, why was Jerusalem destroyed? Jesus already told them what was going to happen when he gave the parable of the owner of the vineyard, sending his son, and those people killing his son, trying to claim the inheritance for their own. They didn't need the owner anymore. He prophesied that they were going to be killed and destroyed by the father. So, is that forgiveness? Now see, I don't have anything to base this on, but what I was told was that when Jesus said that, God spoke to him and said, Remember what we talked about the other night. Not my will, but thy will be done. I think that even though Jesus may have wanted to pardon them, God said, no, it's not going to happen. The prophecy will be fulfilled. They will be obliterated. Just think about that for a while. If everyone was forgiven and dismissed, all their evil was wiped out and God remembered it no more, then why did the Romans destroy Jerusalem? There would have been no need for it because everyone would have been clean and innocent. But we know that it happened in 70 AD. Just like Jesus said, not one stone will be left standing upon the other. If it was all forgive and forget, then something messed up there. Think about it. So let's get on to another scripture reference. In what's commonly known as the Lord's Prayer, which should be the disciples' prayer, when they asked Jesus how to pray, one of the things he said Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, there's no unforgiveness in heaven, is there? Or is there? In Revelation 6.10, we read about the saints that are crying out for their blood to be avenged. People in heaven are crying out for vengeance. Is that forgiveness? Shouldn't they have just gone up to heaven and said, Oh, well, I'm in a perfect place, so it doesn't matter anymore. Forgive and forget. We'll be chums with them. Whatever, no problem. Just let them go, God. Let them just keep doing their evil. But it doesn't say that. While Jesus is up there pouring out all kinds of pain and suffering on these people, remember, worthy is the Lamb who opened the seals, bringing out the death 
pestilence, war, famine, all that stuff. Jesus did that. But what about forgiveness there? He didn't have to do that. He could have just said, oh, well, yeah, you know, I died for all, so they're all forgiven. It's not what happened. He opened up the seals and brought destruction. But the people were crying out for vengeance. And God said, wait a little while longer. He didn't say, you don't know what spirit you're of. No, they pretty much knew. If the blood of Abel can cry out for vengeance, then the saints in heaven can still cry out for vengeance. Remember, we were told by Jesus about the woman who kept bothering the unjust judge for vengeance. Avenge me on my enemy. Avenge me on my enemy. And he said that we are to do the same thing, to cry out day and night for vengeance. And God will avenge us because he's so much better than the unjust judge. And then he goes right on to say, but when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? That doesn't sound like the wishy-washy forgiveness that we've been taught. Too often, forgiveness has been received as permission to do it again. You forgive someone and they turn around and do the evil again. They ask for forgiveness. They do the evil again. Now, if it's some minor thing, you know, mean tweets, Facebook posts, whatever, that kind of stuff we're supposed to just brush off, be a little bit thicker skinned about it. Or as they say, don't get butthurt over it. Never talking about severe crimes there. But too often, misguided people have been releasing perpetrators to continue to do evil to others. We're supposed to be turning them over to God for punishment. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and I will repay. Will. Does that sound like the forgiveness that we've been taught to believe? The traditions of men have made the word of God of no effect. That's why all the evil is still happening in the world, because we've been taught by the devil to let his people keep getting away with things. Like I said, I'm not talking about petty grudges. That's the kind of stuff that we're not supposed to bother with. I'm talking about bigger crimes. We also need to attack the demonic forces behind it all. We let God handle the punishment of the evildoers, but we stop the demonic. We have the power and authority to do that. But there are times when we will use the spiritual power of God to punish people, just like Peter and Paul did. But we need to grow in our knowledge of God's will and of godly forgiveness of what God forgives, what he allows, and what he will not allow. And we're not going to get that going to Sunday morning New Age church services that teach man's interpretation of what they think that the Bible says. Evil's been going on too long because Christians have been weak. We can buy demons in the pulpit. We just can't let the guilty run free. It's not God's will. So basically what I see forgiveness as is turning the people over to God for punishment, at least until he says that we're supposed to do something about it. You know, whether it's killing someone with the spiritual power like Peter did with Ananias and Sapphira, or blinding someone like Paul did, or just turning someone over for the destruction of their flesh like Paul did. All those things need to be led by God. But God has angels out there. Just a couple years ago, back in the year 2000, the avenging angels were released because it's time for vengeance. It's time for obliteration of evil. And we can't be sitting here fighting against God and praying against these angels thinking that they're from the evil. That God is so loving and kind and generous and weak 
that we forget about his righteous judgment. I'm not sitting here telling you to go out there and take the law into your own hands and perform some kind of vigilante justice. You don't need to go out there and dirty your hands and bloody them by killing off your enemies. I mean, when Peter spoke against Ananias and Sapphira, he didn't say that he jumped up and slashed their throats or anything. He spoke death over them, and they went down. Period. Not something he had to do and bloody his own hands or hire a hitman or anything else like that. We're above that. God will avenge us. Minor offenses and transgressions and debts aren't worth our time. We're supposed to be taking care of doing God's will on this earth. And don't let these little minor thorns in the flesh get to us. These little irritations, these little minor stinging things. The devil will use that to sidetrack you from fulfilling God's will for your life. That's why we cast our cares over onto him because he cares for us. Now there's a story that Jesus told about this guy who owed the king a big sum of money. And he begged the king for some lenience, for some time, and promised that he'd pay it all. The king was moved with compassion and forgave the man all his debts. The man turned around and went out, found some dude that owed him a few bucks, and wouldn't forgive that small minor debt and had the guy thrown into prison for it. That made the king mad because he forgave a huge debt and this other person wasn't willing to forgive a few bucks that this guy owed him. That story has been taken to illustrate that we need to forgive everyone for everything. But you notice the guy owed him a few bucks. Not the guy raped his wife, raped his daughter, killed a family member. None of that stuff. We're talking about petty little things. You know, someone borrows the hand tool and forgets to return it, keeps it. They borrow a book from you and never return it. Those kind of things, we're supposed to just let it go. Don't even sweat it. If it's something important, believe God to replace it. That's all. It doesn't say anything about letting great evildoers get away with things. We don't sit there and let murderers and rapists and adulterers and everything else get away with their crimes. We can't sit here and make the traditions of men blot out the word of God and what he said is a major offense. God told me personally that no one is getting away with anything. No one. He is a God of justice. And it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a comforting thing to place ourselves in his hands and have him hold us in his loving arms. But when an evildoer falls into his hands, it's a terrible thing. I know some evildoers that were killed, so-called Christian, in hell, screaming, and he thought he was saved. He thought he had nothing to worry about. Once saved, always saved. Live like the devil and go to heaven. He was wrong. He's screaming. And it's not going to end. It just keeps going over and over and over and over. His flesh melting off, coming back, melting off, coming back, melting off. Screaming, 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 screaming hatred and vile things. Yep, hell is real, folks place of eternal torment, prepared for the devil and his angels, a place that the devil's kids are going to end up in too, because you're either a child of your father in heaven or a child of your father the devil. That is our choice. And if we come along with some false message of salvation that doesn't hold people accountable throughout their life, then we're probably going to get some serious repercussions from that ourselves. If we teach people once saved, always saved, and they live like the devil on earth, guess what? 
They're not going to be the only ones accountable. Let that sink in for a while. Don't believe the doctrines of men, the lies of men that make the word of God of no effect. God is a God of justice. He will avenge his children. Our part is to cry out to him for the vengeance and have faith that he will do it, just completely out of his love for us. Like Jesus said in the parable of the unjust judge, will he not avenge those of his that cry out to him day and night? But when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? It's all tied together. Like I said before, we're not talking about faith believing for a plane or a new car or a new TV set or anything like that. Jesus was talking about vengeance and persistently crying out for vengeance. That doesn't sound like this new age forgiveness that we've been taught, people. Wake up to what the Word of God says. Do the research for yourself. Like I said, don't take my word for it. Don't take your pastor's word for it. Don't take mama and daddy and grandma and whoever's word for it. Read the Bible. The Bible says, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord, I change not. He has always been a covenant-keeping God. He avenges his people, his covenant people, his covenant children. We're supposed to believe for it. Forgive the little stuff. Don't sweat the petty stuff. Don't pet the sweaty stuff. And just let all that little stuff go. Be a bit thick-skinned about it. If you're being offended by garbage on Facebook and Twitter and all that other stuff, maybe you shouldn't be on there. It all belongs to the devil anyway. Leave it. Let it go. Let all those evil corporations, big tech, fall under their own weight. Walk free of it. Walk free in the spirit of the living God. You don't need to be hanging around Satan's bedroom. And that's where I'm going to end this one, folks. Like I said, do your own research. You'll see that I'm right. But prove it for yourself. Be like the Bereans who loved to hear what Paul said, and then they went and verified it to prove that it really is a good thing. It's there in the Bible. The Bereans weren't trying to find something wrong with Paul's teaching. They were so excited, they wanted to say, is this really real? And they went and proved it for themselves, and they got even more joyful. Yes, this man is telling us the truth, the gospel, the good news. So that's it. Be back in a couple weeks, folks. If you want to find out more about me, go to my website, www.dirtroadcowboy.com. If you don't want to, no problem. So until next time, this is the Dirt Road Cowboy, signing out. Bye, y'all.